MCU.html Reassembled is brought to you by the Cage Club Network for all things movies, media, TV, comics, music, and more. Check out the Cage Club Network at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. everybody, I'm Nico. And I'm Kevo. And this is HTML. And while we've been covering Star Wars, which we've loved very much, it's time for our annual State of the MCU. With spring springing about us and almost having sprung till it was sprang, we're here on the precipice of what seems to be the Marvel superhero season. Each year, the Marvel movies kick into high gear in summer and kind of ride it out until the end of fall. That's true. And with Black Widow coming out at the top of May and the Disney Plus Marvel series starting this summer, there is a lot of news that's been coming out lately about the MCU that we have not had time to cover yet because we've been in a galaxy far, far away. And I think it's about time that we react to some of these highlights, which we will eventually be covering once the movies come out in full. So we have a top 15 Marvel media items coming out. Now, I do want to put one out there that's kind of like maybe just for me. I've spent way too long excited about Marvel's The Avengers video game, and I'm like that one guy you know that bought the Stadia, so I can't wait to get it for that. And look, I'll buy a console if I have to, but I'm trying to, it's not going to be on Switch, so what the fuck? So I'm really excited about Marvel's The Avengers. It looks great. I love Square Enix as a company. And so I guess if this was a list of 16, that would be the one kind of like way the way the way the way at the bottom. I'll permit it. Kicking things off is the Marvel TV slate. Some of these are set for ABC, some of these for Disney Plus, but at the end of the day, we have new shows coming out of the Marvel Television, well, the now defunct Marvel Television brand. Yeah, do you want to recap that real quick? In December, it was determined that Marvel Television would be closing its doors and becoming part of Marvel Studios proper following the departure of my precious Jeff Loeb. This also meant that certain product, certain projects that were in development, such as Hulu's Ghost Rider, fell by the wayside as a part of this cancellation deal. Oh, that is disappointing, though. I know how much you love Ghost Rider. Specifically this Ghost Rider, it's Robbie Reyes, and that's kind of my shit. But what is cool is that one of those projects did manage to make its way to fruition. And we will be getting Damien Hellstrom in his own titular TV series at some point in the near future. So tell me about this character. I don't think I know much about him. So if you listen to X's for Podcast, you've heard me talk about this character way too much. Hellstrom is, how can I explain? The Prince of Lies, the Son of Satan, the Devil Among Us. He actually is like super edgelordy and like really over the top, but like more and more they're making him super sexy and kind of like super disaffected and the best runs featuring this character are the recently released Warren Ellis Omnibus so please check that out it also contains his issues of Dr. Druid as well as his unreleased issues of Satana so is this a little bit trying to get an MCU TV series along the lines of the now Netflix series Lucifer yeah I think that's a good way to look at it this is Marvel trying to make a foray into the horror that it is known for I can get on board 
forward with that, especially with the exciting Doctor Strange film that's going to be coming up that we'll be discussing when we discuss the upcoming films. Damien and Steven go way back. They've been defenders together numerous times, and I'm a pretty big fan, so I think this could be something really great for the Marvel Universe. Now, from a TV show that has a character that no one's really sure what the hell is going on with, to what I've got to assume is the most anticipated show coming to this network for the average viewer, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm, I mean, all the things that we've discussed about how many people say that their favorite MCU film is Captain America, the Winter Soldier, I have to imagine, yeah, a lot of people probably are very excited. I'm very excited too. I'm nervous about this series, knowing that the Captain America shield is not immediately passing into Sam Wilson's hands as Cap himself had intended. I think it's going to be a great story inevitably, and I'm looking forward to seeing more from him, more from Bucky, finally. Holy crap, finally seeing Bucky have something to do after all this time will be great. I kind of think the title of this show has more words in it than Bucky spoke in several films. You're not actually wrong, though. Like, you're making a joke, but it's not really that far off from reality, and that's important. It was hard for me to accept that I was getting a Falcon that didn't have Red Wing, and here we are several years later, and I couldn't be more excited about Anthony Mackie's interpretation of one of the most beloved, important characters in all of the Cap mythos, who stands on his own as a character who's had series that he's led, teams he's led. So it's kind of about time that a massive part of the Marvel Universe, and specifically the Avengers structure of leadership, gets his due. And, you know, it's fine. Just let Bucky be on stuff. Sebastian Stan looks real hot in this. Oh my god, he's got such a nice haircut, and he looks so good, and plus this is going to have our fave Emily Van Camp, so that's gonna be awesome. I stand me some Van Camp. I do. I stand Van Camp, and I stand Stan, and I stand Mackie, too. I stand Thony. I stand Thony. Now, from two amazing heroes to, I guess, like, the least heroic person that Marvel is ever gonna feel comfortable giving their own show, Loki? Who is Loki? Well, Loki's the, the newer duel brother. Like, he's like the, he's, he's a piece of shit. But why are they doing this? Because Tom Hiddleston giggles and the entire world goes sploosh. Right? And for the public record, I want it to be very clear that this is going to not be specifically Loki as we last saw him at either the end of Thor Ragnarok or beginning of Avengers Infinity War. This Loki is essentially going to be Loki fresh off the Battle of New York from 2012 in the Avengers film, because that's what they were trying to set up in Avengers Endgame, with that being the Loki that disappeared. The Loki we knew is pretty much probably dead, but whoever knows. And this is going to be a far more mischievous and far less down the road of redeemed version of Loki. And it kind of ties into that huge shift they made where Loki was always kind of possessed by Thanos, kind of, because by killing our Loki, they're creating room for the Young Avengers beloved Kid Loki iteration. And with so much of the emphasis, we're going to be discussing bringing the Young Avengers 
Avengers into play. You know, Damien Hellstrom has actually worked with a number of the Young Avengers on more than one occasion. There's a little bit of room for Young Avengers in absolutely everything we're going to be discussing. And by giving Tom Hiddleston's Loki his own show, they're clearing a path for the kid Loki created by Matt Fraction, but, you know, the body fantastic celebrated by Kieran Gillen. And I'm, I'm excited, if not not sure. I'm not sure. Am I excited? I'm really excited about the potential and knowing how much time it will inevitably take to play out. There's plenty of time for them to figure out how to execute it in a manner that I think that we will enjoy. It's not hard to take a look at the internet and see that we live in a world of, okay, but like Superman and Hulk, if they fought, who would win? And it's really not hard to see that. Marvel's going to do the best it can to give us a slice of that by tapping into the classic Marvel series What If and producing a major animated series featuring the voice talents of the theatrical cast. That's a lot to take in all at once, but What If is a magical sandbox of opportunity for fans to connect with ideas they like. It to me feels like branching into territory that has already been more extensively explored with a different Disney acquisition, Star Wars, where we've seen a lot of the random Lego spinoffs and things like that. I think they want to see what an audience will follow, and this is definitely an exciting idea. A lot of the things they've introduced, people have already been talking about so much, and it's barely the tip of the iceberg that they've even revealed. So I am excited about this, but I don't know how the world is going to react to it or how much they're going to care because no one really cared about the Marvel one shots either. And I thought they were cool. No one really cared about the Ant-Man tie-ins with Leslie Bibb. I thought they were great. I loved seeing her again. So I'm just not sure who the audience for this is exactly and who is going to end up being the audience for it. Especially knowing that animation costs more than live action so frequently. Yeah, like seriously, I, uh, silly side topic, I recently just binged the Descendants movies and I'm like watching these things thinking this would be a lot less silly if it was animated. But I realized, oh, that's a heck of a lot more expensive. That's probably part of it. So they're putting a lot of money into not just the animation, but getting these movie actors to voice their characters. We know that actors like Sebastian Stan, Michael Rooker even, all of these people from the movies are coming back to voice these characters. That's not cheap for sure. And speaking of the way actors interact with their projects, we have a Marvel series that no one's really sure what's going on with. At one point expected to be the crown jewel of the Marvel Disney Plus lineup for its potential inclusion of Kate Bishop, the Hawkeye series was confirmed, including Kate Bishop, but there's been a series of sort of like weird tumult in Jeremy Renner's life and it recently came out that the Hawkeye series has been delayed and I can't help but wonder if Disney and its certain care for optics might be looking for a way to best handle this situation on and off screen. You know, I can't help noting that it does seem from time to time that Renner isn't happy with his time at Disney and not everyone gets along all the time, obviously, and I don't necessarily think there needs to be bad blood. So if he needs to part ways with the company, I don't think that there should be any hard feelings. I would only be sad if this did anything to take away 
from the introduction of Kate Bishop, who, again, we knew was going to be introduced with this series. So as long as whatever plans were in place, as we've said, it feels like a lot of these things seem to be pointing toward a rise of the Young Avengers. So as long as that's still going forward, I think that they can find a way to make things work. And not just the Young Avengers, but the Champions as well. One of the most notable characters at Marvel in the last 10 years is the unforgettable and irreplaceable Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. And her character was a member of a kids team known as the Champions, and she too will be making her debut in the near future. This character has so much support behind her. She was created by a Muslim editor and writer looking to represent their community. The dedication to properly portraying these characters and to create a consistent narrative voice for Kamala across the Marvel Universe has been just about second to none. And she is such a fantastic character that I would be hard-pressed not to say that this is like one of the top five for me. I wonder how they'll deal with the fact that in the comics she was introduced as an inhuman and was born of the inhumanity event when I don't believe that the inhumanity event as it was done on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the Inhumans as they were done in their own show is anything that Marvel is running back to with any great vigor. Yeah, Marvel Studios seems to be a lot about moving forward and not looking back except on specific things that they want you to remember. So I don't know how much influence Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to have going forward once it goes off the air. I am excited to see this series, however it shapes out, that's for sure. I know that Mindy Kaling, I think, was potentially involved at one point, or at least had possibly had a meeting or something. I really love her work, so I would love to see her be involved. I think it's great that celebrities take this series so seriously that they want to make sure that these things are done right. If I have a disappointment, it's that now, because Robbie Reyes isn't getting his series, they can't have their love thing. I want their love thing. Well, that's not what I mean, but you know what I mean. Everybody's excited about a Ms. Marvel series because she's such a fantastic character and she's iconic and she's barely existed. But Marvel is also looking a little bit deeper into their well. And these next two characters shows are kind of polar opposites in a lot of ways. Moon Knight is a character who looks really cool, but is like super duper problematic. He's a white guy that an Egyptian god chose to make better at being Egyptian than anyone else. And don't get me wrong, Fist Sakanshu, he looks real cool. That giant cape, the stick. If you ever play any of the Marvel Gotcha games, that motherfucker can kill anything. I love Moon Knight conceptually, but the character himself is no great prize. And Jason Aaron recently revealed that Moon Knight is going to be the solid villain of his next major Avengers event. So I find myself a little confused by that. And then there's She-Hulk, who I've been pitching to give a show to anyone who would listen to me. I wanted to call it Marvel Law. I wanted all of the lawyers of the Marvel Universe to work there. And I wanted Howard the Duck to be in charge of media outreach. Kevo disclaimer. I know a lot of people don't know when to take Nico seriously when he pitches something facetiously or if he is seriously pitching something that maybe sounds a little bit outlandish. But I really do promise you this is something that he has been pitching for 13 years, probably as long as we have been speaking. You have said that She-Hulk has the potential for television greatness. He just whispered under his breath. <laughs> <laughs> you have said that David E. Kelly would do an amazing job of show running. And, you know, you talked about the feasibility of doing it back when Mark Ruffalo first got the job in 2012, even. And now he's talking about very seriously being involved in some capacity because, you know, he's the 
cool Uncle Hulk we all always needed. Yeah, okay. I think that's a wonderful way of describing it. I really do think that She-Hulk is, in many ways, like... She provides a lot of what people look for from Deadpool. She's funny and her violence is comedic, but she knows how to have serious dark tones. She initially gained her abilities from a blood transfusion from her cousin, Bruce. What the fuck was he thinking? But Jen Walters is a little different than the Hulk. She is proportionately as strong in her She-Hulk form as she is in her human form. So her powers increase exponentially. So it's not the limit of her anger, but rather the limit of how hard she can train Jen that results in a superior she Hulk and she's just the greatest fucking thing ever and that's just honestly such a healthier form of that power and a way to go about that power set of all of these I am probably honestly the most excited about She-Hulk She-Hulk has been long my one of my favorite characters of all time and I think whether you're looking at the Dan Slott run the Peter David run the John Byrne run I really am the most excited about She-Hulk whether it's the brilliance of the John Byrne run or it's the later Dan Slott and Peter David runs. I mean, she's a character that gives relentlessly. She is now featured in some weird capacities in the Jason Aaron Avengers run, but I just tend to think Jason Aaron can do no wrong, so I'm in for the ride. Yeah, She-Hulk is of all eight shows we've talked about, the one I'm most excited about. Um, you're kind of forgetting one. What? Which is sad, because hasn't Wanda been through enough already? Oh, God! Uh, um, I'm, fr- I'm from another multiverse. Hi, I'm Nico. I'm a plumber, and I'm here to eat some mushrooms. Rooms. Oh, you're going for an Italian accent. I thought it was Swedish. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, like, no. <laughs> like that other version of Shiro on Voltron, who was Swedish. Okay. I was trying to be the forgotten Mario brother, and I see that that did not work out. The forgotten Mario brother could be Swedish, but I think we're getting off topic now. I'm Juanico. So I completely forgot about WandaVision, which is horrifying, and I think it's because, in my mind, and I can't make this shit up, WandaVision is part of Doctor Strange. I also think because it was so far away for so long and they moved it up the F out of nowhere and that's not a complaint I'm super excited and as you said it is clearly going to be even more heavily involved with Doctor Strange than we had originally thought so I'm really excited yeah wasn't expecting it here in 2020 that's certainly for sure the trailers look wild but at the same time I'm not sure it's a wildness that I think based on the limited amount we've seen so far, I don't know if it can sustain for eight episodes. Whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier is very clearly sort of a government spy type thriller show. Loki is clearly a suicide squad bad guy beats people up type show. But if WandaVision is going to be this like weird artsy thing, I'm just a little nervous about the sustainability. I understand your concern, but of all of the characters in the Avengers, I do believe that Wanda and her fantastical chaos magic is one of the few characters that can do so. And I know that Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are definitely up to the challenge of performing it. And with the cast that we've seen that's going to be in it, we know that Randall Park's character is going to be in this, that Monica Rimbau is going to be in it. I think we maybe even saw that Kat Denning's character Darcy is going to be in this. So it looks like we're certainly in for a wild ride. <laughs> 
it's unbelievable that in order to talk about Wanda, I feel like we have to talk about Doctor Strange. But it's time for us to take a look at the Marvel film docket that's on its way. First up on the film slate is May's Black Widow. I kind of couldn't believe this movie was happening when they announced it. I thought it must have been one of those throw you off the trail kind of things. But then sure enough, no, they're really serious about this. And they're going to make me watch an entire movie with Yelena Belova. And I am just not having this. I'm really happy and excited for the Black Widow and for fans of the character that she's finally getting the recognition she deserves. But this movie overall does not look like my cup of tea. I'm absolutely going to go and I am certain I'm going to love huge parts of it because I just love this franchise overall. But the same way as I said earlier that the Winter Soldier isn't really my thing either. I just don't know that this Russian spy drama is really going to be something that I get a huge kick out. I'm excited for the huge plethora of characters that they're introducing. I'm a big fan of a number of them, but I don't know that I was looking for another Winter Soldier movie. If you're going to give me another cap to the Winter Soldier, yeah, please let it star Natasha. So I am really glad that they were able to get Scarlett Johansson back for this film. Yeah. And if this was the film that Scarlett Johansson agreed to come back for, like if she was like, no, I'm only coming back for it. If I basically get my own cap to Winter Soldier, then more power to her because she deserves it and her character has been in it since before Cap. Her character, let's not forget, traces back to the third film, Iron Man 2, where she was still in the first handful of superheroes to be introduced. Absolutely. So this next one is kind of an interesting discussion because I don't think anybody expected anything to ever come of The Eternals, but The Eternals is one of the most beloved Jack Kirby creations at Marvel. And what's returning for this film that might draw viewers in is the Celestials from Guardians of the Galaxy, those like people that like created the universe. But what's a little bit confusing is the thing that's new to this film is the everything else. Yeah, I know very, very, very little about the Eternals. They are super beings from another version of humanity, and they all have vaguely godlike powers, but not really, but kind of. The most well-recognized version of them at this point is the Neil Gaiman iteration that was drawn by the unforgettable John Romita Jr. That version ran seven issues and what's really funny is it was solicited as six and they made a big deal about how it was just too big to be in six books and then it got a spinoff by the Knopf brothers and I think I think it's liked I don't know that it's loved but I do know that I am excited for the cast they've pulled together the number of actors in this of considerable repute is phenomenal I definitely agree they've packed this one with a lot of really great actors and Angelina Jolie slumming it in a superhero film and some uh, handsome actors getting some real ripped bodies. And Selma Hayek is always doing pretty much whatever Selma Hayek wants, and I am loving it. Now, you know, for Eternals, it's like a little bit of something returning, and then it's a lot bit new. And for Black Widow, it's like a lot bit returning, and then a little bit new. This next one, I don't know what to make of it. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I guess the thing returning is maybe the Ten Rings, or perhaps the Mandarin? I don't know, but what's definitely debuting is Asian representation. I wonder if maybe they're going to touch back on the very very light suggestion of a real Mandarin that was given in the Marvel one-shot All Hail the King, and even the hints that there was an actual greater power back all the way in the first Iron Man movie that were sort of retcon changed, fudged to be, what was his name? Colin Trevor? Trevor Colin? Colin Trevor. Colin Trevor. <laughs> 
So I'm really excited because Shang-Chi is a character that maybe doesn't get enough love from the Marvel Universe at large. A lot of the Kung Fu characters of the 70s were sort of, I guess, written off by an audience that felt the time for those kinds of books had long passed. But Shang-Chi has managed to really hang in there. And he's had a number of comebacks. He's hung out with Iron Fist. And all said and done, this kind of can't go over worse than Iron Fist was received. Whether or not you enjoyed the show, the inherent cultural perception of the overall series was pretty negative. And I'm hoping for better from this. Coming up after Shang-Chi, about a year from the debut of Black Widow, is going to be Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It will also be following the Marvel Disney Plus series Falcon the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Loki. So we don't really know how any of these series and what are revealed throughout them could possibly play into what is being purported as the first MCU horror film. And after the Spider-Man fake-out, this is evidently going to be the introduction of the multiverse. And fuck yeah, fuck yeah, you can't do the multiverse without Doc Strange. You can't do that without Wanda right now. We're really moving into an exciting place where the movies are becoming a beautiful mirror reflection. It's not quite what I'm used to. So instead of like a mirror, it's kind of like, I guess, a reflection on a pond. And sometimes there's ripples and it makes it look different, but it doesn't make it look ugly. It gives me a new way to appreciate things I love. And if you're going to give Wanda the respect she fucking deserves, I'm in. I'm in because there was maybe no scene in all of Avengers Endgame that I loved the way I loved Carol shrugging off the punch in the face from Thanos, the way I loved Wanda torturing Thanos. The only way he could stop, he needed a fucking armada to stop her. You can't stop Wanda. Wanda is the greatest thing and I'm going to calm down. And for all of that, I am equally as excited to see Wong because he's just too hot. Like, Wong is too hot. It's insane how hot they made Wong. I don't understand. And speaking of excitable people, there is an MCU character who has a film that's going to be coming up who nearly tumbled right off our list. The summer after Doc Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, there is to be released the next Spider-Man movie. We nearly forgot in all of the tumult of what has happened with that character, which I don't think we've even had much time to address here on the show. He was out, he was back in, Tom Holland got drunk and called Bob Iger. That's adorable. They made it very clear that Sam Raimi was nearly handed Spider-Man 4. Oh shit, never mind. Sam Raimi's directing Doctor Strange now. Yeah, that's like so, so weird to have, not only to have a director from before the inception of the MCU, but specifically Sam Raimi is really fascinating, really wild. I'm excited to see what happens there. And hey, who knows, being so close after Doc Strange and with everything that's going on with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, maybe Spider-Man is going to relate to all this multiverse stuff in some way. Who knows? It's kind of like when they announced that Michael Keaton was going to play the Vulture. And I'm like, no, 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 he's Batman. Oh, no, he's Birdman. No, no, he's Multiple Man. He's anyone but the Vulture. He's Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. He's Harvey Birdman, avocados at law. He's Space Ghost from coast to coast. So what's next up on the list? What's next up and seems potentially rounding out what is tentatively called phase four is Thor Love and Thunder. Thor 4, more Thor. You know, in my wildest dreams, I never would have imagined the phrase I get Jane Thor could be true. But you guys, I get Jane Thor. Like, I'm looking at nearly every piece of official Jane 
Chain Thor merchandise they ever made. As we record this, you guys, I get Chain Thor. I kind of wish that we had the guys from ForceLegacy.html on this for this moment because three out of the four of them were in the room with us when this news was released. Jonah, Steven, and Kyle were all with us when a lot of the Phase 4 news was released, including Blade, which, you know, wasn't as high on this list either because we know nothing. We just know that it's cast and it's coming. But seeing Natalie Portman walk out on that stage at all, let alone picking up the hammer, really never thought that that would be where they would go next, but I don't see why not. It's a very popular story. She's a very popular actor, and he's still going to be there, and he's still going to be involved, and I think, you know, the Thor movies do a really great job of balancing emotion and straight-up comedy, and I think, especially with Taika at the helm, I'm very excited to see what can be done. It's just such a gift in such a weird age where, like, they just keep trying to make fans understand that these movies aren't the death of their heroes, but rather a reinterpretation so that they can be more people's heroes as well. And the idea that I get to share the experience of Jane Foster wielding the hammer is maybe more than I can handle in so many ways. And speaking of rumors, I believe there's a number of other rumored shows. Like, I think there's talk of a Riri Ironheart show coming out that possibly Tony Stark himself, Robert Downey Jr., would helm the voice for some sort of iron suit. So there are other things out there, but we just wanted to hit a number of the core items on the Marvel Studios docket. But somehow, despite all of this, there's still a few more Marvel movies. The Orphans. And it's not that we're not excited for these, Uh. but it's sort of hard to understand what some of them are. I want to start with the two that I don't know that I, like, you know, when they announced Venom 2, they essentially said Venom will be back. And I thought to myself, okay, well, maybe now I'll have interest in Venom. And I looked over at Kevo and I said, Kevo, Venom! And he said, meh. Yeah, that sounds like something I would say. I want to have interest and maybe they'll do something for Venom 2 that will get me hyped enough to watch Venom 1 in the first place and then also watch Venom 2. But nothing that I saw about it and nothing that I heard about it really got me invested, which is also true of another Spider franchise film that is going to be coming out way more shortly than I can possibly imagine. Playmobil? What is it called? Morbius the Living Vampire. And he drains people of their plasma, right? (laughs) Here's the thing. (laughs) I actually genuinely love the person writing Morbius right now. Respect. Vita Alaya is one of the most unbelievably talented people in comics. So like, I know, I know what Vita is doing there will reinvigorate the character. But like, Morbius has like a good 40 years of unironic edgelording under his belt. And so picking Jared Leto of all people to play such a character is not a good foot to start out on, I feel, personally. You know, not to throw shade at anyone, but I think anyone who sends, like, rats to people at their job is probably not the nicest and not someone I necessarily want to have in my office, personally. Well, and you know, it's interesting because one of the things is Morbius needs to, like, get his hands on blood and, like, Jared Leto was in the Dallas Buyers Club and, like... Like, it hurt to look at things for a bit, and then he got punched in the face a lot. 
robot and he's the Joker. Just like Batman is the Vulture, Birdman. When Peter Parker told me my superpowers were holding me back. And that is, this show can't get better than that. So I almost don't want to cover the New Mutants. Last episode. Well, we talked about New Mutants before. We did a whole episode reacting to various trailers that have dropped and how it was one back up again and then fell again (laughs) it weeble wobbled and then it kind of like fell off the table and and humpty dumpty choked on the kinder egg toy and the dog picked it up and like started chewing on it and like you tried to take it away and the dog wasn't happy about that so your mom had to take it joey canceled the show (laughs) so like you've been paying closer attention than i have since because it's just too painful at times and i just want to see it when it finally comes out what is the current state that new mutants is in it was one person's vision then it was another then it was reverted back and then i think you said it was changed again or something essentially the cut of the film they're going with doesn't include many of the reshoots if any but rather features more cuts as a matter of fact if i read correctly they've removed all references to the x-men um this is like that story you told me about this afternoon with lego star wars where they had to stop calling it lego star wars because lego was in a contractual dispute so it was all lego people but it only said star wars so it's all mutant people but we're just not we're not mutants well we're mutants but we're not x-men and you know what maybe that sets them up to pop on over through the multiverse of madness who knows maybe them maybe you maybe me maybe maybe you who knows who knows but until we come back to find the fuck out and take a little bit more look at star wars hey we love you gendy and like a gendy experience is an experience to be gendified and savored and treasured savory beef yes so until we come back for our delicious beef tips kevo where can everybody find you online you can find me online at the buffet either at the sushi station or the carving station typically but if you want to find me on the internet you can find me on instagram and twitter at kevo really k-e-v-o-r-e-a-l-l-y and you can find me on the facebook page for this lovely program at real nico kevo action uh still trying to figure out the title of the page itself but that's the handle so check it out and you can find the super cool super fun super inclusive superhero comics that we produce over at kidriotcomics.com nico where can the folks find you you guys can find me twice a week on this amazing network on x's for podcast where on thursdays we do a deep dive into classic x lore currently sitting in about 1985 and on mondays we cover the previous week's we are krakoa releases from the current run of x-men head by john hickman don't forget to check me out on my instagram at nico action n-i-c-o-a-c-t-i-o-n and guys until we come back to talk to you guys all about stuff up in space and the stars in big space we'll fucking see ya Thwip. 